for the Indians. One run on, let's see, one hit. That's all we got. One goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. From the Gateway Lounge in Sioux Falls, it's Nobody's Listening Anyway. Here are your hosts, John Gaskins and Matt Zimmer. Well, I didn't think we'd be starting our podcast with a funeral, but uh, we'd like to acknowledge and say goodbye to the Western Illinois Leathernecks. It's mm. been... Uh, it's been a very unmemorable crusade through the uh, Summit League years with the guys from Macomb and the ladies, and it's interesting. They they announced they were headed to the, the Ohio Valley Conference. Correct. Of course, we're going to spend some time talking about is Augustana next up because the league has nine teams, but I did find it funny that kind of the thread you started with the gif of kind of like, oh. bye, because... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody, I don't know if it was you or somebody else, when you had your post announcing this, they're gone after twenty after this season. Mm-hmm. Well, what's what's the most memorable thing that's Western Illinois related in the time that they've been in these leagues? And uh, it's hard to come up with something other than what a terrible eight seed beat the Jacks one year in the yeah. on a Saturday night in the yep. Summit League tournament. That was a huge moment because that was one of SDSU's better teams, and Western was not good. The Jacks had just beat them by 40, like three days prior, or not three days, like a week prior, and beaten by 50 the, the first meeting. Uh, I still maintain years later that is an unforgivable loss by SDSU. I don't know how you can possibly let something like that happen, but it happened, um, and good for Western Illinois. It did not prove to be any sort of shot in the arm for that program. Billy Wright ended up getting fired the next year, and they got a little bit better when they got Rob Jeter in there, a very proven coach. Um, now they're leaving. My favorite memory of Western Illinois is being in the football press box where the coaches had to actually stand outside the room in the same room as the reporters, media people, because there wasn't enough room. They have a high school press box there. So they you know, they had half the coaches sitting in the room next door to where me and Hove were sitting, and the other ones like just in the room standing there because there wasn't <laughs> enough room for them. Um, you know, unheated. It was freezing cold. Every time we went there, it was... I've told people a couple. I said on Dom Izzo's show this morning, the the stadium at Western Illinois reminds me of the prison field in the longest yard with wow. Burt Reynolds. I mean, it's like it's just not a real nice or uh, engaging facility. Um, nobody's there because they don't have fans. Macomb, Illinois, is not a great town. It's in the middle of nowhere. You can't get there. I mean, you got to fly to Chicago, and then it's still two hours away, or something like that. There, you know, one year the Jacks bus got in an accident on the way there, or something. And I mean, it's just. Uh, I always wondered, you know, Bob Nielsen coached there, took him to the playoffs once. Yeah. Uh, like it, Rob Jeter was doing a little bit better there, getting it, sort of getting it going. J.D. Gravina had some success in women's basketball for a while. They've come, you know, dropped off significantly the last few years. But whenever they'd have a pretty good year, no matter what sport it was, I'd always think to myself, how how do you do that? You know, How do you get kids to come there? Because, uh, like I said, they don't really have a lot of fans. The facilities are not nice. I never covered a basketball game there, but I've been there for a basketball game because one of the years I traveled there with SDSU's football team, they dressed in a locker room in the basketball facility. Oh, so my God. They had to walk from the football stadium to the basketball arena to change. And there was a basketball game going on while we were while they were changing. So I 
Western watched Western Western Illinois basketball for a little while while waiting for the football players to come out of the locker room. And it was very much like, wow, this is not a great uh, environment for Division One college basketball. So you know, I, I, I don't mean to just shit all over this program, but they're not going to miss them. You know, no one's going to miss that trip. They don't bring a lot to the league. Their you know RPI is always very very low. Uh, after Bob left, uh, the coach replaced him, Charlie Fisher, I believe was his name, who had a pretty good resume at the FBS level. He had another good couple of years, got into the playoffs. And then after Charlie left, it's been all downhill. They've been a bottom dweller ever since. Uh, it's going to be really hard to ever get that going back. Uh, you know, we've heard for years that they might drop to Division Two or Division Three, or or maybe drop know. athletics altogether. Yeah, wasn't there yeah. A, a budget crisis in Illinois? A there, few years I mean, ago? there always is sort of everywhere. And you know, someone told me the other day that those rumors have always been largely just rumors. Uh, that, that that's not really ever been in the cards. A move below the Division One level, but still. It's not a league that really has been bringing anything to the Summit League. And when they left, made the announcement, you saw the few fans that they had kind of going on Twitter saying, oh, finally we're free of the Dakotas and the Dakotas clutch on the Summit League. Well, bye. And what were they supposed to do? Center it around you? You know, you're lucky that you're in a conference anywhere. Uh, I don't know why the Ohio Ohio Valley would want them, frankly. Um, But okay, fine. You know, good luck. I, I... It would lie to say I've even done the service of looking up who's in the Ohio Valley Conference. I assume they're closer to their competition. Probably. That's probably a more Illinois, Indiana, Northern Kentucky, Ohio-based sort of league. That they were. I mean, once it, once things got moved over here to the Dakotas, obviously they and I, IUPUI and I and Fort Wayne were all outcasts, right? I mean, they were just kind of they that that was that was the beltway for the old. What was it, Mid-Continent Conference Mid-continent. Became, before it became the Summit League? But once things moved over to uh, Sioux Falls and the I-29 corridor, and especially once IUPUI and Fort Wayne left, it was one of these things is not like the other, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. they're just kind of – they're just out there. They're just way over there on the eastern frontier. And I guess for football, Indiana State's even a little further over there. But it's just uh, – it, I mean, it just felt like they were a place setter for for – the time being. Well, I mean, the Summit League has, as you just sort of alluded to, had lots of upheaval, turnover over the years. You know, just in the time that South Dakota State has been a member of the league, how many teams have come and gone. Um, so I've always felt like the Summit League really hasn't had a lot of – hasn't been in a position to be picky. Let's put it that way. No. So you were never going to run a team out of there and say, oh, you guys should leave. Um, so, you know, and, and Western, I think, is the longest tenured remaining member, weren't they? I think they were. Um, so can't imagine they who else would be. Right. Because it's but, you know, not to get onto that topic so much, but of course, the Summit League um, would sort of center itself around the Dakotas. You know, those are the premier institutions in the states that they're in. Now, granted, South Dakota and North Dakota are much smaller states population wise than Illinois or Ohio or, or Missouri, any of these conferences. But, you know, how, where does Western Illinois rank, for lack of a better word, in the college sports hierarchy in the state of Illinois? They're irrelevant. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're irrelevant. Yeah. There are people who live in Illinois that don't know Western Illinois Leathernecks exist. They're uh, be, be, they're probably the last of the directional schools. Right. You got and then North, you've got Northern Illinois. and Illinois. Hey, yeah. Northern Illinois is in the MAC. That's all right. Yeah. Southern Illinois is in the Mo Valley. That's okay. Yeah. And then, 
you have Eastern Illinois. Hey, Tony Romo went there, and <laughs> somebody else famous that I forget. Yeah. And uh, and then there's Western. And right. I, I've never been there, so I can't give Macomb an adjective, but uh, I th- it was either Macomb or Terre Haute that Mick Geary once described as a town that needs a good shave. <laughs> and so... I think he probably meant Terre Haute. I, yeah, but, uh, you know, mix and match, plug and chug. Anyway, there's not much else to say. It was just kind of... Uh, I get, it, it did provide, and I don't want to shit on them either, but it, it, we got to be brutally honest. I mean, it, I guess what probably a lot of schools in the league both in football and men's and women's basketball they'll miss the w i mean they'll right. kind of miss the easy w right um especially in football yeah yeah so what but it, it's it feels like it was inevitable just like iupui in fort wayne like this day was going to come eventually and so here we are we've box please thank you yeah and you know in in basketball um I mean, there was no one-year notice. You know, it's like, hi, we're leaving now. Yeah. So basketball's scrambling they to are make gone up right two now. games. Okay. Yeah, they're not going to be there for this coming basketball season. I talked to Eric Peterson yesterday, USD's coach, and uh, he was like, we were just kind of talking about how difficult it is for mid-major men's teams to schedule games. You know, you got your, your league schedule, sure, but non-conference games are so tough to schedule now because the big schools certainly aren't going to come to your place. Right. And nowadays, it's even tough to get other mid-majors to come to your place because they're trying to get everyone's in scramble to get a home game. Um, so and then to get some non-conference wins, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, when you're so at it's that like level. okay, we can always go to the nearby FBS or Power Five, whatever, yeah. and get you know most likely get beat. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be get a paycheck. Yeah, one and eight going into conference right. play, even if that does you know help your strength of schedule, your RPI, your net ranking, all that yeah. stuff. If you just lose a bunch of games, I don't think that's helpful. So it's really tough. And so Eric was just saying, like, great, you know, we're already having enough trouble. Now I have two more games I have to fill because these guys backed out at the last minute. Yes. You know, and they might end up just not filling them because they were conference games. You already, you know, so so that's unfortunate. Football is bringing in Murray State, so they have someone, you know, right there to replace them. But obviously the big question now, if we can segue into it, because I know you're going to get to it, is what does the Summit League do? Because they just went from 10 to 9. And they gotta have ten, right? Do they always feel no, like they gotta have an even number of teams? They don't have to. It's idea. I mean, part of the reason. Remember, Augustana formally applied for Summit League membership in 2020, I believe, mm-hmm. and they were told no. And the primary reasons that were given were a the pandemic, like high pandemics going on, not right now. That felt a little bit like an excuse to let them down easy. Let's face it, in a lot of facets of life, and I was a pandemic victim as well, I don't think it necessarily, I I would like to think it didn't apply to the situation I I was in, losing a job during the pandemic, but the pandemic could be used as a nice little convenient excuse for a lot of things that happened. Right, and I think that was partially at play there. Yeah. Um, But also the fact that they already were at 10 teams, like, we don't really want to go to 11. We can go to 11. It's not impossible to have an 11-team league, but it's not ideal. We're happy at 10. Okay, no thanks. Now, you and I have both talked about there are a lot of reasons that Augustana makes sense for the Summit League, regardless of you know the numbers, whatever. And one reason that I cautioned against them saying no to Augie is you never know when you're going to lose somebody. You know, I, like we just got done saying, the Summit League isn't necessarily in a position to be telling a lot of people oh, no. it's just the most transient league. I, 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 right. Again, if someone I wants to be in your league, I'm kind of of the opinion that unless they actively make it worse, which Augustana obviously would not do, you kind of got to say yes. It sounds mean, but back in the day, and I, I, it applies again today with Western leaving, I mean, it, it's like at least a, uh, one school every two or three years leaves. It is... 
it's the island of mis it's it's the island of uh-huh. misfit toys of Division right. One athletics. And Augustana I don't know would have been another school that would not be that way. They wouldn't be like, hey, this is just some place for us to go until we find yeah. a better a, a better fit. We're we're one foot in and one foot out the door before we even get mm-hmm. in there. But that's getting a, a little bit ahead of ourselves. So they said no. Okay, well now you're down to nine. Again, you can operate at nine. That's not impossible. They've done it before. They've operated at eight. Um, but do they want to get back to 10? Because also, at what point do they risk losing, say, Denver to the WAC? Or, you know, and anyone could go at any time. I mean, Omaha has tried to get out because they kind of realize, oh, you know, we're not as cool as the other former NCC schools. Uh, I, I, Omaha would love to be in the Missouri Valley. Missouri Valley doesn't want to have anything to do with them because Omaha's yeah. terrible. Yeah. Um, and when you say Omaha's terrible, you're talking just mainly about everything, basketball? Everything. Okay. And when I say terrible, I don't even... I mean, they have a pretty good baseball team, and their softball team just won the Summit League. But I'm not talking just about competitiveness. It's, it's, that's, people get too hung up on how good the teams are. That can fluctuate. That can come and go. Do you have good facilities? Do you have fan support? Do you have money? Do you have avenues to get more money? Is there potential for growth? Omaha, I think... I could be wrong, but I think they've kind of already... Omaha, as a city, has had its chance to embrace the University of Omaha, Nebraska-Omaha, UNO, yep. I think they've proven at this point they're not going to do it. The Mavs are not going to win Omaha. You've already got the Huskers obviously looming, and then you throw in Creighton too. Like, I think the Mavs have tapped out. That's where they're going to be. They, I mean, That's why you, they went to hockey, because they yeah. had to find some way yeah. to differentiate themselves from Creighton and, and Nebraska. And good on them. They got hockey going mm-hmm. for themselves. But when it comes to basketball or any of the other sports, nobody gives a shit. Yeah, it's so uh, very personal to me. And I, I grew up there. I grew up six blocks away from the campus. And, you know, some days you could go. They usually had night games for the Mav football team because they never wanted to compete with the Huskers. who right. usually played at 1 or one thirty, So we could come home after the uh, traffic jam from Lincoln to Omaha, making a one-hour drive to and then if we felt like it, if we had the energy, eh, let's walk on over to uh, Al Caniglia Field, and uh, it's a beautiful autumn night to watch a football game. Uh, they fit so well in the NCC, and that was fine. They that was good a good place too. for them, yeah. and they had, uh, yeah, they usually had good football teams, and then they played in your classic old uh, field house, SAP field house, and then, you know, they, they, they fell by the wayside. Creighton all of a sudden elevated. Mm-hmm. When, once they got the new arena, that NBA arena, and they were already good, Dana Alton was their coach, they were on their way. And so... Any and oh, but boy, did for 10, 15 years did Omaha sure try. They got a new arena. They got they got hockey. They got a new basketball arena. They got a they got an almost an entirely new campus. I mean, the school itself. We used to joke uh, in Omaha, especially people who grew up in Omaha. If you went to college, they are great, good for you, commuter school. You're saving some bucks. You're mm-hmm. living at your parents' house. But we called it the Dodge Street Daycare Center. I mean, it was uh, it was just a commuter school. And the academic reputation was not sterling, but they started to build almost an entirely new campus full of new buildings. And uh, I, I can't I can't tell you what realm of academia they, they tried to mm-hmm. set themselves apart in, but they found one. I think it was engineering or something. Anyway, and then athletics sure as hell tried. Got a new arena. First of all, they played in a new arena that was a new arena in Ralston, which isn't far away. And then they got their own arena on campus. I mean, they really got it going for a while. And uh, what was his name? Hanson, Daryl. Darren Hanson. Darren Hanson. I mean, he got them pretty good for a little bit. There. Trev Alberts was the athletic director. Mm-hmm. They even uh, controversially gave up football and, and wrestling, which they had just won a national title at. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm taking a long walk around the path, as usual, to just say – 
They sure as hell tried. Yeah, I mean, they, they did. did all they could to make it as good as they could be. But you're right. The Huskers are always going to be there. But And Creighton sure smashed any sort of chances of them of them getting something going in basketball. And Creighton's good at other stuff, too. Baseball, yeah. softball, oh, women's yeah. basketball. Yep. You know? I mean, yeah. It's yeah. yeah. They, they, volleyball. Creighton's a top 25 volleyball go. school now. Yeah. Uh, they've got facilities completely. I mean, yeah. so anyway... Um, but well, so so but so Omaha can just and that kind of tells you what and that kind of tells you the the state of the Summit League. Yeah, it's like that's your place. That's right. your place, Omaha. Sorry, right? But that's your Omaha place. wants out. And, UMKC, yeah, good luck. Denver. I mean, all these schools, right? right? Like KC, I, they, they, KC's already left once. They could leave again. Yeah. Uh, Oral Roberts could leave. Um, they I've did. Heard, <laughs> I, I, right, but that's what I'm saying. They they left once for the Southland. That didn't work out. But why won't yeah. the Missouri Valley make a run at Oral Roberts? You know, the Missouri Valley has lost some of its clout with Wichita and Creighton leaving. Um, Oral Roberts just went to the Sweet 16. You know, their basketball program is on an upswing right now, even though Paul Mills just left. Their baseball team's incredible, and they're in the top 25 in baseball. Sure. And Missouri Valley's a good baseball league. Why wouldn't the Missouri Valley try to get Oral Roberts, and why wouldn't Oral Roberts leave? So what if that happens? What if Oral Roberts goes to the Valley? What if Denver goes to the WAC? You know, are you still going to tell tell Augustana no, no? You know, you because let's let's cut through the bullshit. We know Augie's a good fit. They got the facilities. They have better facilities than half the Summit League right now. Um, they've got the coaching staff. They've got the fan support. They're in a big city. They have all that stuff. The only reason they're not going to get in is because SDSU and USD don't want them in for understandable reasons. Not at all accusing SDSU and USD of, of just blocking. Being, yeah, just being dicks. Sorry to um, no, curse, but, but, but I think that's, that's yeah. yeah. I mean. There's only so much, I think the, the, the thought is, there's only so much money to go around, only so many sponsors to go around, only so many athletes to go around. If you add another team in that, in that geographical area, it just divvies up the, the, the pie even more. Now, the counter-argument to that is, Augustana, in a lot of ways, is already competing with you for those things right now. Like, they're still in that geographical area right now as a Division II school. Now, are they competing with SDSU? For athletes, not as much as they used to. You know, Tom Builder used to beat Scott Nagy for recruits once in a while. That's not happening anymore because the Jacks are good now. Um, I don't think Jerry Oshesky is stealing too many players from, from SDSU's football team anymore. But still, you know, when it comes to sponsorships, corporate sponsors, season ticket holders, all that, that stuff, they've always been competing. So I don't know if that's so big of a deal. Ultimately, someone at SDSU or USD is going to have to decide, like, okay, do we want to keep these guys out selfishly or is it going to make more sense to bring them in for the strength of our league? Cause I made the argument with a couple people I talked to off the record this week that, Hey, you know, ultimately if it makes the league better, they got to take them. Right. And the answer was, eh, coaches are pretty selfish. You know, they want to win. They want to, they don't care if they're winning a, a shitty league or a good league. They just want to get to the NCAA tournament, mm. whether it's basketball, baseball, whatever. And that's fair. Yeah. That's totally fair. Yeah. And here's the other thing. We could talk about Augie belongs or Augie's the best fit, whatever. I, I don't know who else there would be. A bunch of Jacks fans really tried to hype up Northern Colorado this week. Northern Colorado sucks at everything. And they're in the big sky, and there's no indication they would want to leave the big sky. Why would they want to leave the big sky to come to the Summit League? That's, well, and that's not it. Uh, my wild guess is Northern Colorado is not uh, a financially wealthy they're not. <laughs> institution. So they're not. Uh, they're, they would be adding another mediocre program. Yeah, I mean, it can, would be good for it would it would increase the odds of Denver 
not looking. If you gave Denver a, a partner, so to speak, out there, that would make Denver yeah. happy. Yeah, um, but so, I don't know how much that's worth. I guess I'll just skip the whole part about how they've got a huge international airport in Denver. Just I think it's an hour, hour and a half from Greeley. They can fly anywhere, but if, geographically it makes a lot more sense for them to be in the big sky. Right. But I want to go back to something you said. So Jack fans really are trying to – are they still trying to – Diminish Augie and Augie's potential yes. value to the summit yes. league, and they'll look for anyone Good other than Augustine. What about what about Mankato? What about Duluth? Uh. No, what about this school? Like anyone but Augie. And uh. I sort of get it. Um, now, to be fair to Jacks, a lot of them just aren't aware that it's not the same Augustana that they remember from the NCC days. Mm. I think a lot of them sort of maybe in the back of their minds they know that, but they don't want to admit it or whatever. I mean, I thought it was funny is funny how often SDSU's baseball and softball teams have to come down to Sioux Falls to use Augie's facilities because yeah. Augie's baseball and softball facilities are so much nicer than theirs yes. that they can play through bad weather. And it's not just that they have turf. I mean, they're you've seen them. They're yeah. much, much nicer. They are. Um, you know, they have a better soccer field. They have you – know, until – Dana J. Dykehouse Stadium was built on top of Coughlin. They had a better football stadium than the Jacks, too. Um, but it's, it's not just about facilities. And I think, you know, the size of the school, you know, the endowment, all those things, those are legitimate concerns. There's Augie would have some, some potential question marks, some challenges. But just like I said, from the geography to the facilities to the fact that they have fans. You know, we talk, how many teams in the Summit League really have fans? You know, that, uh, go to a Western Illinois basketball game. Go to an Omaha basketball game. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's 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 not the same, and those things matter. Now, we've done all. You know, right now, some Jacks fan is listening to us getting mad and saying that you and I are a bunch of Augie homers when they're the ones that are biased, not us. I don't have it. I don't have skin in the game. I don't give a shit. I don't either. Um, I mean, okay, I'll, I'll tell you the skin I have in the game. I live in Sioux Falls, and I, I like a good sports market. I'm not as involved in the sports market as I, I do too. Used but to it doesn't be. change a whole lot for me if Augie's in the I, NSIC I, I, or, or the Summit League. Really? Uh, okay, that's fair. I mean, it'd be uh, cool I, to watch no, the think, Jacks come here. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be. At, I, I just think it'd be way more fun. It, to me, it makes it makes way too much sense for Augustana to be in the Summit League, and it always has. And I always said that. And I I feel like whether anybody remembers or not, I feel like I have a little leg on my face when Tom Duple would come on our show and deny, deny, deny that Augustana was a strong consideration. We always just thought, oh, that's a slam dunk. They're going to be in, and that's partly because it. it I never thought that. Well, good. that's good. I, I, for but some, they do make be, sense. But to yeah. me, it was going to happen because it makes too much sense because, uh, and this has a lot to do with Kelby Krabinoff and Denny Sanford, but once Kelby and Denny brought everything to Sioux Falls, first the Summit League tournament mm-hmm. and then the Summit League offices, okay, we're the Dakotas Conference now. Going back to the Island of Misfit Toys, well, this is the Summit League sure as hell a great, of a great league for SDSU, for USD, for NDSU, and for UND because, because – of duh, I mean it's mm-hmm. the it's the Dakotas League now. It has mm-hmm. it has the best identity it's had. It's had the best rivalries it's had in football. Now you got the two best programs in the. I mean it's not the Summit League for football, but you know what I mean. But and, and right there, you anyway. just you just stumbled onto one of the the roadblocks. Yeah. It isn't just the Dakota schools that would potentially not want Augie in. Mm. They'd just be for different reasons. Yeah, the Dakota schools are like, I don't know if we want to let another school in. That's right in our backyard. That's just going to make things harder on us. We have to work that much harder for athletes, for sponsorship yeah. dollars, all those things. Uh, yeah. But if you're one of the outer schools, a Denver, an Oral Roberts, a Western Illinois, I mean, they just left. You're thinking, cool. 
this conference is already dominated by the Dakotas. Now we're going to let in a school, a third South yeah. Dakota school that's in the city that the league office the, moved to. Yes. They're going to like, screw that. Yeah. I don't want these guys in. So they have their reasons for not wanting yeah. them in. And now, I, and you and I both know that making the Summit League a Dakota-centric league is a good thing. You just said it yourself. It They've is. never had it's, a better identity than having that identity. Yep. Um, but if none of the other teams want want that, and then the teams in the Dakotas are like, we're good, four Dakota schools is plenty, then that kind of leaves Augie SOL. Yeah, I mean, the other schools, yeah, have to decide if they want to let them in right. and if they think it's going to be better for the league, and that's not the way you and I are thinking. I just think it'd be better for everything. <laughs> it'd just be, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for interesting, and I'm, uh-huh. I'm rooting for sensical, too. It's sensical to have Augustan in the league. I've never bought the enrollment thing. Location matters. And, and, you know, in, in, endowment matters. I don't know what Augie's is, but that is not a school struggling with money. Uh, you've overstated that before. Just because okay. they're a private school doesn't mean they're swimming in cash. Well, okay. And now, again, you've said But segued, how much does that matter? I guess Well, you've I'll, just segued into the other issue okay. that we haven't got to yet. Okay. Let's say that the Summit League came to their senses, at least in our opinion, and said, all right, we got to just bite the bullet and get Augie in here because we need another member. We need to get back to 10, and also we need to be proactive in case – Someone else is leaving, too. And the Summit League calls Josh Morton and Stephanie Herseth Sandlin today and says, all you got to do is say yes, you're in. I don't think Augie's ready. And the reason is, okay, they applied a couple years ago, were told no. Then they said, all right, they pivoted and said, okay, if we're not going to get in the Summit League, we want to be Division One. we're starting men's hockey. Well, guess what? That's really fucking expensive. Not just money-wise, but also just manpower you know bandwidth they're they're devoting a ton of resources to getting this men's hockey program off the ground i've been told by some people in the program that hey if the summit league called us right now and said we're ready to take you i don't know if we could do it now would they would they just straight up say no to an invitation boy it's hard to say i'm okay um but i just you know the men's hockey situation has now created they have so much on their plate right now mm-hmm. that I don't know if they're ready to make that move. And that's why I said I don't know if it's a good idea for the Summit League. They maybe should have said yes two years ago, even though they weren't necessarily ready for them. Uh, I mean, certainly that'd be more <laughs> interesting to a lot of us around here who don't necessarily care about hockey. We're all waiting to see how Augustana hockey, how it works, so to speak. If yeah. it's successful, if what it, what, it, what it looks like, how the community responds to it. Um, but... Again, Augustana, there's sort of this misconception that because they're a private school, they have more money than God. They're not St. Thomas. St. Thomas has more money than God. Augustana does not. That's not to say that they're, you know, struggling financially necessarily, but there are limits to what they can do. They have a budget, and hockey is taking up a lot of that right now. Now, if the Summit League calls and says, we want you to join, you already got all this money you're sinking into hockey. Well, now, to move your other programs to the Summit League, baseball, basketball, softball, everything, you've got to add coaches. You've got to bump up their salaries to be commensurate with other Division One mid-major leagues. You've got to add, you know, all sorts of support staff, potentially cost of attendance, all these things. More scholarships, obviously, is a huge one. What happens with football? You know, if you want to go, that's a whole other topic we'll get oh, to. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's not as simple as just saying yes, uh, especially because, I mean, I guess in theory you could just say yes and keep everything funded the same way it is in Division Two, but then you're killing your program. Because if you're trying to compete in the Summit League with Division Two resources, Division Two staff, Division Two salaries, you're just not going to be able to recruit anybody. You're going to get your ass kicked, and you're going to spend your first 10 years in Division One being so terrible that you're going to lose any momentum you ever had, and it's going to be a bear to ever try to dig out of that hole. Well, they were the ones that did spend the, over a decade with a big sign on the Elman Center 
outside, probably a couple inside as well, that said, we, you know, we are, I forget what it was, we are Division yeah. Two. You know, I chose we, Division I Two. I chose Division yeah, Two. Yeah. But uh, it's, uh, I, you, I, you're, all those points are very illuminating because I think a lot of people on the surface, party included, are just envision, hey, I mean, there were some rough waters, but SDSU was successful in their transition to Division One. ultimately, especially in the big boy sports. USD, not as successful, but still, they've had plenty of great moments. They've had plenty of success. I don't think they're they don't wishing regret, they didn't go. Yeah, they don't regret right. going. Right. Uh, and Augustana seems like it'd be a little easier because they are in a bigger city. And what what is a league like the Summit League that doesn't have football centered around basketball the tournament's right here in sioux falls of course we all have these visions of man to see augie play sdsu or usd or anybody for augie to be a part of that they you're they do have fans they will show up that will make that event much better and i don't know how much that event pushes the financial success of the league for the season but it certainly seems to be the event that carries a lot of the the weight for the Mm -hmm. league Mm -hmm. and it, it would um you know i i I don't know how much Augustana being in these games, especially if they play the Jacks or the Yotes, would would push things more. Uh, it couldn't hurt, you know. But there's so many more things to tackle that that go behind the scenes and in the offices and in the budgets that most people but, I mean, probably if, don't if you realize. Watch, if you pay Even if competitively they could make right. the transition well. And if, if you pay close attention, and most people don't, um, how Augustana has very quietly and steadily kept building their athletic staff in the last few years and i'm not talking about coaches just you know people in the the support staff you know adding um compliance people and more marketing people and more just their athletic staff has grown and grown and grown um i've always felt like that was them you know very quietly preparing themselves to be more equipped when the division one thing you know became an option again Remember when they made their first announcement that they wanted to go Division One? It was part of that Vision 2030, yeah. I believe it was called. Yep. Well, 2030 is still seven years away. A lot can happen in seven years. On the one hand, that's not that far away, but on the other hand, it's 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 a long ways away. So, I still think, you know, so they made they 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 go Division One in hockey, and they've been kind of non-committal on what the future of their Division Two sports is. And I think that's because they kind of want to wait and see how hockey goes, or at least just get it off the ground. Makes sense. Yeah. It and does. Then, uh, but what is the Summit League going to look like by 2030? You know? I mean, God knows. Who knows? You know, there's still some Jacks fans who want out of the Summit League because, oh, it's not big enough for us. We're big shots. We need to be in the Missouri Valley or something like Cool. Then you'll be going to Kansas City or wherever for the conference tournament. And, yeah. You know, St. Louis, you're bouncing all yeah, over the place. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a big yeah. arch madness. Yeah. 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 Okay. So. Well, it, hockey. How do you feel that? Do you have any sense of how big that's going to be right away? My, my, because my gut says I was talking about this with somebody at a Canaries game the other night that um, it just it the it feels like it could and should be a home run right away. Oh, simply because Sioux Falls is a city, and I, I grew up in Omaha, which has become very much this sort of city as well. Give it an, a, an event or a new thing mm-hmm. and a shiny toy, yep. and people show up. That's yep. just the nature. People are curious. They want to be there. They want to be a part of it right away. And you might have new, not just Augustana hockey fans, you just might have new Augustana fans in general mm-hmm. because they have hockey. And you keep hearing how much of a hockey community this is, and I don't know if it is or not, but I think it's going to gravitate there, and it'll be big for a year or two at least as far as attendance and interest. 
I mean, they're setting the bar kind of low in that it's a small arena. It only holds 3,000 people. It's Very not smart. looking to, you know, bring 10,000 people in there every night. Um, and that's probably going to limit just how, you know, can they be a national championship program with that? Maybe. I don't, I don't really know a lot about college hockey. I know there's not that many teams. There's only, like, what, 50 teams in the whole country or something. Um, like it, yeah. I, I really have no idea how it's going to go. I really don't. Um, you know, the Stampede is still here. And the Stampede stink, and they still lead the league in attendance all the time, which I think, you know, goes to our theory that, you know, are people really there to watch hockey or, or you know, are they diehard hockey fans or is that just, you know, something to do? Friday, night Saturday night thing to do right, in the winter. Right, right. Um, yeah. But once Augie starts playing, are they going to pull away some of the Stampede's audience? Or is it the fact because the Stampede fans are largely, they have their diehards obviously, but that a, a great number of their fans are just casual fans who are just there for a night of fun, does that mean they're not gonna, none of those people are going to go to Augie games because they're not, hi, we're not like college hockey fanatics. We're just people that go to the Premier Center every once in a while to watch a game in a nice arena. Those are all unknowns. Yes. And they're all things that obviously Augie talked about before they did this. Um, I don't know if I'd say it's a low-risk thing because they're spending a ton of money on it. Um, but, you know, again, with a 3,000-seat modest arena, once it's paid for, it's paid for. You know, how bad can it be? I guess. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. I, that's a perfect size to build something because if you have you struggle to gain a good crowd on a given night, it's not going to be too embarrassing. It's not going to be too quiet. Well, and this is way off. I shouldn't even say this, but I will. If hockey completely, completely, completely fails, cut the program and play basketball in there. You know? Yeah. <laughs> what else are you going to do with yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, you're, it's not like it would be it, – it's the right size. Have they – I think they should be basketball in there anyway. They just can't because it's – you know, seasons go on at the same time. Sure. <laughs> you answer, yeah, you answered my next question. Yeah, it's probably I mean, maybe they possible. could do it, but – How do they yeah. – um, I know you're probably going to talk to Josh Morton pretty soon. Everything we've said this morning, you've you've talked to a couple of people connected with Augustana. I haven't, and, uh, you know, it, it's good to at least – get a sense of where Josh feels representing the athletic department at some point. So I bet you'll be writing for something, something for Sioux Falls live.com in the near future. And I'm inter- interested to hear what he says, but ha- how do you think, I mean, do, do they like and is playing in the Pentagon, everything they've thought it would be, I guess it's the best option they have. Uh, yeah. I don't know. And I, 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 it, t- it feels like it hasn't brought in as many fans. Yeah. When buzz. I go to Augie games there, it's not full. Yeah. Um, same here. It, it's weird, but I miss the Elman Center. Ooh. I liked going to Augie games there. Yeah, I, I too. G- I get why they moved out of there. You know, the seats are far away in the in the behind the baskets, and then the bleachers are. You know, they don't have chair backs, and Augie's fans are all ninety years old, so they don't like sitting in a <laughs> seat, seat without chair backs. I wouldn't either. Yeah, so I, I get it, but I mean, all my my favorite memories of watching Augustana basketball are in the Elman Center. Yeah, you know that place could get loud, and you could fit a lot of people oh, in there. Yeah. And it's on campus. You know, they go straight from their practice gym to over there. You know, so but but you know, I always got the sense from Tom Billiter that it wasn't great to recruit to. That he yeah. felt better recruiting to the arena sure. or the Pentagon than he did to the Elman Center. There you go, because it's a high school gym, a yep. big one, a nice one. Yes, but okay. There it is, the the future of the summer league unknown. But so, if you're going to predict that Augustana will, let's just let's just have a fun prediction section uh, session at the moment. So, do you think the Summit League is going to add a tenth team just to add a tenth team? They, uh, not 
not in the imminent future, no. Okay. Because um, we should also mention, because people keep bringing up Mankato or Duluth. But no, Mankato is not going. They're not I, going to Division One. Nope. They yeah. are staying where they are. So why? Jacks fans can scream until they're blue in the face. Mankato's not going. I, I believe you, but why? They don't want that? to. And also the state of Minnesota won't let them. Yeah. Kind of the same thing we saw with Nebraska and Omaha, um, how basically the story was always Nebraska would not let UNO take football to Division One because they didn't want him to interfere with the Huskers. Hmm. So that's why Trev Albert said, what if I cut football? Then can I go Division One? <laughs> okay. You know, it's kind of the same thing in Minnesota. Uh, did, I, did I ever tell you the story about Trev Alberts and the UNO wrestling coach after that, that phone call, and every, uh, the famous phone call where uh, Trev Alberts literally informed the wrestling coach uh, minutes after he had won the national minutes or hours or something like that within a couple within a couple hours you know like midnight or 1 a.m they probably wanted at 10 p.m so you know and everybody thinks and still in some circles of omaha trev alberts is still this pariah this asshole this evil Mm -hmm. asshole and um the so he was at he came up when omaha played in the men's championship game in 2019 at the summit league tournament yep I had a chance to talk to him in a wonderful 15, 20-minute interview with him on the radio. And uh, he made, I think he said in the on-air interview, he said, I had to inform them two or three hours after they won the national title that their sport would be cut because the Omaha World Herald was going to report on it anyway. We all hear these things when people find out that they've been fired or something's been taken right. from them in you the media right. instead of from Don't, the source. Oh, I read it in the paper. That's how I found out. So yeah. he's basically like, I'm I'm the fall guy either way. So right. I, uh, but it's better to be the one that tells them because uh, the Omaha World Herald had that locked and loaded and ready to go. And then he said, uh, "Oh, I get I will." I, the story about his, the first conversation he had with the with the wrestling coach Mike off the Denny, record, Mike Legend, Denny. yes. Uh, I'll just say it. Screw it. Mike, Mike, like Mike, like Denny, you know, threatened Trev Alberts. He's just like, if I ever see you, I'm going to blah, 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 blah. And Trev Alberts, who was like 6'5 and right. played linebacker in the NFL, he's right. like, when and where? When would you <laughs> come on down? Right. <laughs> um, well, that's about it. Unless you want to talk about how the 1990s were uh, the best decade in the peak of civilization, as you texted me yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> Okay. Twins got screwed last night. They did. That's fine. I'll get to stay up till midnight again tonight. I, part of me likes the West Coast games because it's something to do till midnight, and I usually stay up late. But last yeah. night I was like, get this fucking thing over. It was 12 innings, right? Yeah, it went yeah. till 1 in the morning. I tapped out after about 10, yeah. of course, and I'm just yeah. listening to the games. Yeah. All right. Maybe we'll talk Twins next time. Who knows? Hey, a reminder, Zim and I record these podcasts at the Gateway Lounge, 41st and I-29. Not only a terrific sports bar, about as good as a sports bar gets with the TVs and where they are placed and the knowledge with which the managers have for whatever sporting events are going on at the time. But when there's not, you know, it's a Tuesday afternoon like it is now and really no sports are really going on. Just a great place to hang out with your friends, pool table, the bowl shooter, dartboard, Excellent service from Susie and Jackson and their staff of servers. They are always so friendly. They make you feel like you're at home. It's got more of a small, small town bar feel uh, than a lot of places in Sioux Falls, and I think that's a good thing. 
and their food is phenomenal. The Beer Cheese Bacon Burger is the May Burger of the Month here at Gateway. It is exactly as you would think it is described, the Beer Cheese Bacon Burger with waffle fries. You can check it out on the Facebook page for Gateway Lounge. Every day for lunch, there's a $7.99 lunch special. Hard to find a lunch like that at any restaurant in town. Today it was chicken fried chicken paired with mashed potatoes smothered in country gravy, side of corn and a dinner roll. They've got a soup du jour every day and a cookie for dessert. The $7.99 lunch special at the Gateway Lounge, 41st and I-29 in Sioux Falls. And also... A reminder, we are partners with Poltab Sports and PoltabSports.com. Uh, a new wave, it's an upper Midwestern burgeoning sports website that combines uh, terrific sports commentary and writing with pop culture. In fact, today on a Tuesday afternoon as I look at it, uh, the top headline is Ed Sheeran's new record is going to make you cry and you're going to like it. But then it swerves into a headline, the New York Cyclones. That sounds intriguing. Uh, there's a lot of podcasts on the Pull Tab Network, including ours. And uh, guess what? Some of the stuff is really funny. Uh, the editor of PullTabSports.com, John King, is also a brilliant writer. And his new column is all about the Minnesota Twins' new M hat and the headline pulltabsports.com i like the new twins hat because i'm tired of being a loser and just some of what he wrote included uh that he bought the new m hat that the twins wear he's been pulling off a flat brim situation it hasn't been an easy ride and in all caps he writes news alert everyone hates the new twins m hat no seriously like everyone like it's possible that an old grandma that's been listening to the twins on her radio for the past 40 years might sweep my leg i do not feel safe uh, i think the m on the front of the twins hat could stand for maligned or some may argue mistake because i've never had such negative feedback on an article of clothing uh, he went on to say that he had a guy come up to him at a bar in St. Paul when he was wearing the M hat and said, besides Bud Light, I think that's the new, the new Twins hat is the worst thing that's happened in marketing the last year. Someone is getting fired. And John King writes that he spent the rest of that night feeling like he was wearing a six-pack of new Coke on his head. But a funny thing happened as I've roughly fielded 5,000 passive-aggressive negative reviews while wearing my new Twins M hat. I just liked it more. I like the Twins M hat because, as Randy Macho Man Savage put it so eloquently, nothing means nothing. There's a lot more to that column. It's very entertaining. Uh, it's just a funny, clever sports website generated out of the Twin Cities full of columns and podcasts. PoltabSports.com. Follow it on Twitter at PoltabSports. And finally, the Sioux Falls Canaries are in full force. They have already had four games under their belt at the Birdcage. Three more this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So if you hear this in time, maybe go on out. The weather's nice and warm this week. Check out the games. It's a lot of fun out there. The food is phenomenal. Uh, tickets are affordable. We're having a good time. And dollar beer nights on Thursday. Every Thursday at the Birdcage for Sioux Falls Canaries games. 12-ounce, $1 domestic cans all night long, all game long until alcohol is uh, cut off after the seventh inning. Thursday nights, and we'll have Thursday night games at the Birdcage 
each of the next two weeks. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday games this week. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday games next week. Coming up on June 17th and 18th, back-to-back free ticket nights. One for anyone who works on the front lines. So police, fire department employees, EMTs, and nurses. That's Friday, June 17th. Saturday, June 18th is Military Appreciation Night. Free admission to anyone who is who has ever served in the military, both current and veteran. And in fact, for every game, if you're in the military, you will get a discounted ticket to the Sioux Falls Canaries. Coming out to the games, family fun for all ages. Bring your kids. There's a playground with a supervisor right there from our staff that will supervise your kids. You can drop them off at the playground and the bounce houses. It's free. You and the wife or whoever you're with, drop the kids off at the playground. They'll have fun while you go sit in the stands, drink a beer, watch the game, get your kids out of your hair for a while. Uh, And again, go to the birdcage on an empty stomach. We have an in-house chef and everything there uh, is made just like at the Gateway Lounge with absolute love. It's May. It's warming up. It's fun. Gateway Lounge, Sioux Falls Canaries Games, Pull Tab Sports. Talk to you next week. Why are you laughing? That was a terrible outro. Fuck you. <laughs> you know, round drinks? Yes. Yeah.